Welcome to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast, powered by The Athletic. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine. You can follow me because I'm verified, so it's not that hard to follow me. Uh, Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206. Again, that's CKID206. Uh, we're here after the Seahawks' first game of the year, an ugly win. Uh, I forget whose words those were. I think Bobby Wagner is who said that after the game. I personally don't care about ugly wins or pretty wins because wins are wins in this league, and you definitely do not want to be a loser, uh, especially at home, where, uh, and especially in a place like Seattle where home field advantage is so important. But the Seahawks, of course, beat the Bengals 21-20. to The Bengals are not good. And uh, we're not sure how good the Seahawks are either uh, after this one. Chris, I want to start. Where should we start? Offense or defense? Good or bad? Pick one. I, I want to go with the defense. Actually, you know what? We'll go offense. We'll go offense first. So can you, you need to answer this one for me. I know you watch the game. Uh, I'm going to lean on some insights here because perhaps you know the answer because I didn't really ask anybody about it after the game. <laughs> and I, I would really like to know. How the hell do you go three quarters without throwing Tyler Lockett the ball? He was not open, and the Seahawks, I don't know if they had plays designed specifically for him. I think a lot of the times it was plays that allowed other players to get open because, yeah, I think DK had a really good day, right? Yeah, he did. Tyler opened that up for him. The the Seahawks were able to, hey, Tyler, we need you to do this. They're going to leave one-on-one with DK. I think a lot of people would do that. Not too many people are coming into the game saying, hey, we got double DK. But one target, no, zero targets, three quarters? What kind of game plan is that? I don't think it's the game plan. I think the Bengals, because I remember telling you this maybe, uh, I don't know. It was, it was, I told you this a while back. Tyler Lager is going to get a lot more people covering him than he has ever. Right. Prior, it was Doug Baldwin, and he still gets open because that's what Doug does. Yeah, Doug does that. Yeah, yeah. Tyler... To his point, today in the interviews, he was saying he's never really faced a double team. He's This is his first time. Although, if you look at film, you'd probably say, dude, what? You're just running by double teams. But now he's at the best of the best. And these guys aren't going to just give him one-on-one coverages where he's able to torch guys but up. But no targets, bro? Russ is smart. He's not going to force it in there. I mean, Russ is that smart? Not forcing it to a guy that is undersized as a receiver. He made... He makes incredible plays. I mean, he's in one-on-one situations, but if you have two guys following him, is he, is he a Tyreek Hill? Is he a A-B type receiver? You we find out. Yet. You throw it to him and find out. Well, then you say Russ is the bad throw if he turns it over, right? No. I See, well, maybe everyone else does. Me, personally, I never faulted Andy Dalton for throwing to A.J. Green in double coverage. I never faulted. Well, also, A.J. is 6'4", and he is a all-pro receiver. This is true. Tyler Lockett is not. We don't know. Not yet. Well, he has never been. You're correct. As a returner, or he was all pro. As a returner. But to the point, the thing is that I don't know if Russ has built that relationship where I know you're doubled, I'm going to throw it anyway. I think he might lean more towards DK because of his stature and what we saw him do in his first game as a Seahawk. Russ just threw it up there, and he went and got it. No, I mean. And he did it twice. I'm with that. I'm with all of that. I don't know how you could. I just. I think. The next episode, we might have to do a film review, and we go over all the snaps in which he ran routes, and we see the coverages, and we see what Russ was able to see, and we can pinpoint, does Russ make that throw or not, and why doesn't he? 
we, I might have to I might have to take some time this week and do that because think about this for a second, right? Tyler kept mentioning after the game in the interviews, he was like, "Yeah, you know, they were, you know, they were dub- they were doing stuff to me, you know, I had never seen before, you know, we just had to adjust to it." And then someone finally asked, he said it like three times, and then someone finally asked, "What were they doing?" He was like, "They were doubling me." I was like, "I, I me, I actually asked him. I said, "You never been doubled before?" He said, "In college." I'm like, "Bro, timeout." The Seahawks spent all offseason crafting the offense. They knew Doug's not there. There was nothing to account for Tyler getting doubled. I mean, me and you could have predicted that. Well, we d- I did predict it because I knew that was when they went to take – I mean, you saw the season he had last season. It was remarkable. Even with Doug missing a handful of games and then coming back, Tyler Lockett was still doing yeah, it. Yeah, Doug only missed three games. Like, as much as, like, that's not that, you know. That's not that. Many games it's, off. it's a handful. It's like, three or four. Like games. I think KJ only played in like three regular season games or something. Like that's a like you flip it that way. Like that's pretty crazy. Doug was out there. Tyler yeah. was fine. Their point is we're gonna make DK beat us. We're gonna make other guys. Yeah. Nick Vanette, Will Dis- Will Disley, those guys beat us. We're not gonna let Tyler Lockett have three catches for 102 yards and two touchdowns. See that concerns me. I don't like that they, a team can take you out of what you do. I well, know they want to run. It's only week one. Yeah, Maybe next week against Pittsburgh, he's able to realize, I can still do these things, but goes back to being a top-ten route runner. A top-ten route runner, is not gonna ha- this is not going to happen. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Unless your quarterback stinks, and we don't brush it See, stink. that's the thing. You can be a top-ten route runner. If the, if the QB doesn't, we don't know. Tyler could have been open. We don't, don't know. And that's why the film will tell the tale. Because that don't make no damn sense, bro. I don't care. Double team, triple team. Especially because, okay, this is the other thing about that, right? They were losing. <laughs> <laughs> like, if we're losing, I'm going to be like, yo, hey, shoddy, look, I know you got a mic, you got your little tablet. What's it called? What do they use the Microsoft Surface or whatever. You got, yes. the, little, got the little tablet, got your little game plan. That's cute. Bro, we are losing. But you have to the remember, Bengals, though, throw it to Tyler. The, the targets that were away from. Tyler Lockett, I mean, DK had six targets, and he had four catches. Yeah, but Then Chris Carson had seven targets, and he had six catches, and he had 35 yards with the touchdown. And after that, it's everyone had two, and that's Disley, Vanette, and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, I know Tyler and, didn't get... Oh, and ahead, and DK looked really good again. I mean, I don't... I mean, we're going to talk about it more, but what more do you want DK to do because if anything, what that's going to do is now they're going to have to make a decision. Do we double DK or do we double Tyler? See, or do we just go single coverage and have two safeties over top? See, here's my thing. I'm a guy who's like, look, like for one, they couldn't run the ball that well. They probably threw some things off. They they run a lot of play action stuff, whatever. Okay, cool. For me, as an OC, as a, as an OC, here's how, if I was an OC and a DC, and this is kind of how I grade them too, I would want you as a DC, like, can you take a defensive coordinator that is? Can you take away their best player? Like, if they got and they did that. Today. If you're the Falcons, can you take away? If you're, if you're playing the Falcons, can you take away Julio? Yeah. Like, can you do that? How well can you do that? Um, you know, I remember the Seahawks. They when they played uh, the Steelers in 2015, they basically neutralized Antonio Brown. They were like, we're gonna t- make some other guys beat us. They did the same thing with the Vikings last year. They kind of did it with Tyreek Hill and the Chiefs last year. They were like, Tyreek Hill ain't gonna beat us. You're gonna have to throw it to these other cats. They was like, Thielen and Diggs ain't gonna beat us. You got to throw it to these other cats. So that's where I, you know, I credited Ken Norton last year for doing stuff like that. Chris Richard in the past, Gus Bradley, Dan Quinn. Offensive coordinators the same way. Like they know they're gonna try to oh, like if you're the OC of the Falcons, look, they're gonna try to take away Julio. How do we how do we not take Julio out of the game? 
if you're if you're Chatty, yo, they're gonna double Tyler. Let's figure out how to get him the ball. Well, you know? and that's back to your point. OC has to get quick screens in there, get Tyler the ball in space, which they probably could have done because it's not as if they're pressing Tyler. But the film will definitely show that we can count how many times he was pressed, how many times they played off coverage on him, how many times he got double with the safety over top, how many times he was by himself. That one catch that he had Wide for open. a touchdown, Wide open. miscommunication by the safety, mm-hmm. and he ran perfect route. And then Tyler had a drop. He like, did have a drop. See, yeah, I just don't think – I think if you're going to be running jet sweeps and stuff, which they did, they ran run to Chris. <laughs> the hell? Run run to Tyler. I don't know, man. I just don't think that – you can't allow them to do that. I know Chadi would probably say, like, look, if they take Tyler away, we got other dudes who can make plays. Okay, that's cute. Y'all were still losing to enter in the fourth quarter, yeah. bro. And you know what You know what happens? You know how they took the lead? Throwing it to Tyler. It's just pretty plain and simple. I don't know. The first, Obviously, there were things to talk about with the offense, but, like, that was the main thing for me. I think I just tweeted it at one point. I was like, because I know people were thinking it. I'm like, I have no idea why Tyler doesn't have the ball. You're losing. Throw it the Bengals, to your best player. I think the Bengals did a pretty good job of getting him out of the game, to your point of can you minimize it? And that's an L for shot. For me, that's a loss. Yeah. You can't You can't let them You can't let them. There's got to be a way. Quick screens. They tried to get him on punt return, but the coverage was good, and they – didn't give him any room. I mean, he really never got going, but that that touchdown did spark, hopefully, him for next week. Yeah, I mean, maybe whole different team, whole different everything. That was that was disappointing. As 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 good as like DK was and everything, and Russ was really efficient, protected the ball really well, and he was back there getting beat up, had four sacks. Come on, man, you can't. It's not even like a fantasy thing. It's just like, yo, it's your best player. Yeah. Well, speaking of bad, the secondary wasn't. All that great today, Ooh, mainly oh, Trey man. Flowers and Tedrick Thompson just did not have a good day. And you pointed out that Trey Flowers gave up 136 yards on 14 targets, that's, two penalties. That's that's my count, by the way. Those are not official pro football focus numbers. This is Mike. This is just me going through the game film and everything, like real quick in the hyped up on caffeine and popcorn. And one pass breakup again. Trey Flowers, 136 yards, 14 targets, two penalties, one pass breakup. Mike Dugard, crazy, right? Yeah, and so when I say 14 targets, I'm counting plays that ultimately resulted in penalties. I think he had like an illegal contact. Mm. That's the ball your way. That's a target. Uh, defensive pass interference. That's a ball your way. That's a target. It doesn't yep. go down as one that way, but like for me, that's like I'm counting the times they threw it at you. Like it doesn't really matter whether the play counts or whatever, how it, it, it goes. But like, yeah. So I want to ask you something, Chris. Pete Carroll has this. I think he referred to it as the rope dope or whatever. This is Muhammad Ali quote. Yeah, it was just like, and Pete's way of putting it was, I'm a, I'm a paraphrase, because again, I wasn't there, I just read the transcript they provided us after the game. It was just like, yo, we're going to kind of give up a bunch of yards. That's just kind of how it's going to be. And then when it gets close, you know, we're, we're going to lock up. And I feel it. Ben, don't break, whatever. The defense has kind of been like that for a while. But that seemed like a decent idea when you had Earl and when you had Sherm and when you had Cam because if nothing else they were erasers especially Earl like if there was anything like the idea of like yeah we might yield a bunch of yards it's like no you won't because there's Earl like they won't catch a bunch of stuff they won't try you deep and stuff like that because they don't have that I don't really like that as a philosophy because it's going to get games like this or the games where Nick Mullen throws for 400 yards or uh, who else hit him for a bunch? Deshaun Watson. 
And that was actually against the Legion of Boom, too. I think that was just us realizing that Deshaun Watson and D-Hop is unfair. Like, that's just, I think this episode's going to drop Monday morning. They're going to go against the Saints, and I wouldn't surprise me if D-Hop and Deshaun combined for, like, another 200 yards. Like, D-Hop is unguardable, and now that the the Texans have a left tackle to guard him, or protect Deshaun, it might be different. But I just don't like that philosophy, and it just, is it just, am I tripping? Because that just seems kind of stupid with when you've got these dudes who clearly, like, they can't just bend because they will break, and it won't just be in the red zone. It'll be like a 33-yard flea flicker or a 55-yard bomb. Well, then what would you propose in that situation? Because the thing is, they're a young team. If they give up yards, someone has to snap out of it and get the team and get the unit together. Unfortunately, they don't have Sherman. They don't have Earl. They don't have the Legion of Boom. It's a brand-new cast of guys. So who will be that guy that steps up to the plate Let's go. Let's do this. Come on, man. We can't be giving up yards like this. And that's what I think Pete is is kind of alluding to in that situation. He believes in those guys, but someone has to take initiative and go out there. And we're not having none of that today. We're not. See, here's my here's my thing. And this is a this goes to like uh, this book I was reading over. I can't remember. I can't remember the name of the book of the author. I don't know, bro. I had a lot of coffee today. So <laughs> I can't think of it. I did. And they didn't bring out the chicken strips after the game. And I was really hungry because you know, they bring out hot dogs at halftime. And I'll eat beef. So I'm sitting there just salivating. Eating lots of popcorn. It's salty. Anyway, uh, I drank a bunch of water. But I was reading this book. And he was talking. The author was talking about like. Like he was, uh, he was, uh, he was analyzing like society and s- talking about like race and why racism was a problem and all that. And he says when he does that, people like one of the people things they do is they throw it at him like, "Yo, okay, cool, you think this is a racist policy or whatever? Okay, well, how how would you like fix racism?" And he never really has an answer, right? I mean, he does, but like his point is that like, "Yo, sometimes it's just okay to diagnose that this is wrong, right?" Like an analogy I think he used. Oh, it's Ta-Nehisi Coates. That was the author. Uh, the analogy he used, he was like, yo, you don't, if a doctor tells you you have this issue, it's not the doctor's problem necessarily come with a cure right away. Sometimes it's cool just telling you that something is wrong. So that's how I kind of feel with that defensive philosophy. It's like, yo, okay, cool. I don't necessarily have a solution. You said, what would I propose to fix it? I don't know, man. They don't pay me enough for that. I but you. I do know this is a bad idea because you don't have players you don't have the playmakers to just go at, just to count on not breaking. Your dudes are going to break. These dudes are going to break. Well, then that shows Pete Carroll then, okay, I can't trust you in these certain situations. Next man up situation. That's what that would be. Oh, you're talking about benching folks. I mean, what, do you, what are you going to do? You're going to bring back a veteran? Sure. Call Deshaun Shed. They, you can do that as well. Trade for somebody. Trade for Jalen Ramsey right now. Good luck. No, nah, you can. Give they, a first-round pick. They, <laughs> I think John likes his first round picks. Seahawks did a pretty good job this year with that. Did they? LJ said no. Have joke. you have you seen their first round pick? <laughs> yeah, hasn't played a down. It was a joke. Bad. Oh joke. my bad. I didn't catch the sarcasm. <laughs> I told you, bro. Lots of coffee. I don't even like coffee. The creamer was nasty. It messed up my stomach. I'm trying but to be on my game. Here. There has to be a way, and I think the way that Pete's trying to do it is literally the only way, unless they go out and make a trade for another player. In this situation, they probably don't want to do that. They believe in the young guys that they have. Pete wants to see one of these guys step up in the secondary and be, no, we're not giving Nick Mullins over 200 yards. It's not happening. 400 is out of the question. And these are things they have to do. They gave 400 today to Andy Dalton without an A.J. Green. Yeah, see, that's that doesn't sit right with me. It's possible it to have a nasty defense that just not just bend and don't break. Because with these guys, they're going to break, bro. They broke today. 
they broke and they still won. And you know what that proves? When they play next week, they're going to get another test. Juju Schuster. Oh, yeah, no. B- Big Ben's going to throw for like 400. He might not. We see that they have a pass rush. That's true. That's, that's long, a good segue into the pass as, rush. Real quickly, as long as they don't make the minute mistakes, as long as these – I mean, for example, Tedrick Thompson had a perfect opportunity to make a play, make an interception. He got too excited. He misplaced his, He mistimed his jump. He missed the ball completely. Touchdown in the remaining seconds and a half, before half. Those are the little things that can be tweaked, and that was a 50-yard bomb right there. Is that a little thing, though? It's a little thing because he was in position. All he had to do was not freak out and panic and make the play. That's true. That's it's true. not as if he got mixed and wasn't in the position and was just completely out of the play. He was in position. He just has to make the play. That's something Pete says, just make the play. <laughs> yeah. You're thinking too much. You get paid to make these plays. Make it. That's true. And then Tedra goes, okay. And then next week, Ben tries the same thing. Great route, underthrown, interception. Yeah, he should have picked that. He should have. He definitely And even if he that. was overthrown, guess where Tedrick was? In good position. Any way you look at it, Tedrick was going to get – he's going to get – Tedrick was going to make a play regardless. He just was thinking too much. You know what? Did he even talk about it after the game? Did anyone ask him? Who, Tedrick? Yeah, what, what happened on that play? Did anyone I get a ch- I was talking to him for a little bit, and I didn't ask him what happened because my eyes work. He jumped too early. You missed time. Well, I mean, I can see. No, I mean, you could ask what was going through your mind on that play. Oh, no. Nah, I mean, he just, I was like, he, he he was saying that the mistakes that they made Sunday were fixable. You know, he was like, we just got to fix up some mistakes. I was like, what exactly do you guys got to fix? He was like, can we cuss on here? I'm not going to cuss. He was just like, shoot, uh, I got to catch the ball when it's in the air. That's one. He never actually said two or three or anything. He just stopped. He was like, look, I got I to catch the ball. And if he makes that interception. That's minus 50 yards, Randy Dalton. You know, that's crazy. And before we go to – we've talked a lot of negative stuff today. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's crazy after a win. But that's kind of how it feels after an ugly win. You're, Dang, I forgot. I was, oh, I remember where my point now. Um, on Tedrick, you know, it's sometimes when you play a position like that where the ball doesn't come to you that often, it's corner cornerback is kind of similar. Like we only see when the ball comes your way, and that's not that often. So when you make a play or miss a play, it's, it's the optics of it are bad or great, like, they swing a lot. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, for how many plays do you remember Tedrick making on the ball today? That was the only one that people remember is that one play. If he catches that ball, the whole narrative on him shifts. Oh, he's a lot better this year. Blah, blah, blah. Taking steps in year two as a starter. And I still think he has that opportunity. He just needs to make the plays. That's it. And then, but now because he whiffed, it looks like I get like 30 questions after the game like, yo, what up with Marquise Blair? Like I got that question like three, four times after the game. But that, that's all it takes is one play because this what's the, the, uh, the cliche about football? Uh, it's a game of inches. Yeah, it really is. Like that, the difference between him jumping like a half second later could be the whole difference in like his narrative as a player. That's true. That's crazy to think about. But that is that is the case. Damn, we spent a lot of time on the negative. And we kind of mix in the good and negative. But I guess if you call it an ugly win, you need to explain why it's ugly. So I guess that makes sense. Shout out DK. That's it. Uh, yeah, no, DK played. DK played really well. Actually, we got to give a shout out to Quentin Jefferson, man. Two sacks today. It's two not even just ones. the two sacks. It was just like His one, energy. he started the game. Because the whole last week, everyone's just asking Ziggy, clowny, Ziggy, clowny, Ziggy, clowny. Quentin Jefferson like, bro, I'm starting. Like, I've I'm, been starting. I'm here. I started last year. I started the entire preseason. I st- I'm starting right now. And it's just like, not only did he start, he played really well. Yeah. He played in both. He had a sack for, as a defensive tackle. He had a sack 
as an edge rusher. He had a pass block, a pass deflection as an edge rusher. He had a pass deflection as an interior defensive lineman. What am I missing? He had a tackle for loss as an edge rusher. He, he had did a everything. tackle for loss as an interior lineman. Like Kuhn was doing everything that everyone in the offseason said he was going to do, especially someone like Cliff, who's been really high on him too. Like that's one of the homies, you know. So I want to give a shout out to Q because, to be honest, he was probably the best player on the field for the Seahawks, right? We'll get to that, yeah. Yeah, I would say he's I would, up there. I would definitely like. Come on, man. That's that's. I a would game. say him and Jadavion pretty much ruled the line. See, like I think the front seven. If we want to talk about something good today, shout out to the whole front seven. Bengals couldn't run the ball. Guys who weren't named Clowney actually played really well. I thought Rasheem made some timely plays. He had a sack. I thought Brandon Jackson had some good quarterback pressures. I thought Michael Kendricks had some good pressure on the ball. Uh, I thought even Bradley McDougal had a uh, pressure on the ball. I thought Brian, uh, not Brian, what's the other defensive tackle name? The dude that had the pick. Al Woods. Oh, Al Woods. I thought Al Better. Woods played really well. Yeah, yeah, the vet dude. So, I mean, I think everyone, it basically was how we thought it was going to go. Remember when I, I think I tweeted out the whole starting lineup? Yes. I think it was like a week ago, and I was like, how you guys feel? And then everybody was basically like, man, that front seven looked nasty. What the hell are we doing in the back end? What was the, what was happening today? The front seven was good. What the hell were they doing on the back end? Like, that's I, – I, I don't want to overact to week one, but when you have the issues that – when the game plays out how you kind of the fans can expect it to play out, then I'm starting to be like, okay, this is just who they're going to be. And you just can't have a bad secondary, I think – and like have a good team in 2019. Do you think you can? It's and in this league that they're playing in now, it'd be very hard. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be. I don't see it in favor of the Seahawks if they're going to play this bad in the secondary. And that's the the good thing about that for Quentin Jefferson is like he put that on film too. Like other teams are going to have to respect him at least after today. You got to respect Q. You got to respect Rasheem. You who else do you got? You got to respect Clowney. You got to respect Ziggy when he get back out there. Like. When you have other dudes that they are forced to respect, then it just opens everything up for everyone else. Like if I'm the sec, if I'm the front seven guys, like the D line was on it today. You know Bobby Kendrick and, uh, and and KJ are gonna do their thing, but like if I had to give a game ball today, oh Quinn Jefferson, man, who's just forgotten about? He's forgotten about all off season. First game ball out. Because at the end of the day, what we say on a podcast, what people say on the radio, what people write, don't matter. It's all talk. Film don't lie. And me and Q shop at the same shoe stores. So he gets a shout-out for me. <laughs> well, speaking of shout-outs, we got a lot of questions from you guys. It's that time to hit up questions. We got quite a few. We'll just get going. You ready, Mike? Bro, we have like a gazillion questions. We got Ryan Turner at Turns44. Appreciate the love, man. Thank you. Trying to shift through all the worrisome questions fans have. Let's spin the wheels on a positive side. How about DK's impressive debut coming off the knee procedure as well? Make contested catches and was tuned with why with he was tuned in with Russell Wilson's scramble drill for a big game. So okay, this is I tweeted this about DK during the game too. Yo, if DK can only run straight, that is fine, bro. Because people are going to man coverage him. And if he beats him, that's it, bro. Speed kills. Deshaun Jackson been running straight for about ten years, bro. You see Deshaun Jackson's numbers today? Yes. They were nasty because if you run straight and you are really good at it. I mean, obviously, he didn't just run straight. He caught a slant today. Uh, that scramble ball that Ryan's talking about was not just him running straight. It's a good scramble drill. But, like, ultimately, that 40-yard bomb that he caught, if if he only is doing that, 
right? Teams got to respect it. You got to play off of it. And that opens other stuff up. I think DK's going to be fine. He don't have to be Randy Moss 2.0 or Megatron. If the boy is 6'3 and 229 or 225, whatever he is, and runs straight at a 4-4 with them big hands and that vertical, dog, that's it. Curtains. Nobody can guard that. Yeah. I mean, like, who's going to guard that? Jalen Ramsey? That's a Patrick Peterson, he's, he's on the Too juice. Small. I think he's on the juice. <laughs> uh, is he on the juice? Yeah, he, he is, is on the juice. Yeah, so you got he, he's on the juice, so he ain't going to do it. Like Xavier Rhodes, maybe. Uh, Def, you know, like. They're not. Richard Sherman would be a prototype. Yeah, that Sherm, no, Sherman can guard that. Sherman can guard it. He got the height, the length. Marlon, yeah. Marlon Humphrey in Baltimore. Like, there's only a few cats in the league. The Seahawks play all these teams I just named. But, like, there's only going to be a few cats who can stop that. Yeah. Even if you can't stop it, you still got to respect it. You got to start putting a safety over, over top. Yep. Then it changes everything. We're not talking about Tyler not knowing how to handle a double team. So, like, I thought DK was encouraging, not just because of the numbers. It's just like it was a perfect example of what can happen. Just wait until November and December when he gets better. Maybe. He could fall off like David Moore did. He could. You never know. There's a thing called a rookie wall. But judging <laughs> by some of the rookie numbers I saw from receivers today, you see the Hollywood Brown dude? Who's the other, rookie, Brown. Other, other rookie rookie receiver went off too? I can't remember his name. I think DK's other teammate did too. The one that got drafted today. AJ was, Brown, I think that's his name. Yeah, Marquise Brown. The other old Miss receiver. Oh man, it's gonna bug me. A lot of, a lot of talent. There out was there. two rookie receivers. Read the next question. I'm gonna see. Well, JRB at JR Batman 23. Appreciate the love. Any update on Monty's injury, Mike? Uh, no, I don't know what happened to uh, Ugo Amadi. I do know he got hurt. I do know he came out, but he went back in. And the rule of thumb usually is if you go back in, you're fine. Okay. Only, like, the rare circumstances you get, like, remember Michael Kendricks got hurt? He banged his knee against the Vikings last year, and then he was out for the year. That is rare. Like, you see, the, I don't know what the hell happened there. Uh, but if, if Ugo came back in the game, then he's usually fine. It's the guys who didn't come back in. Will Disley, Nico Thorpe, I'm missing one. Puna Ford. Those guys is like, uh-oh, what's wrong? Other, right. uh, other than that, I think everyone else should be fine. Besides Jefferson, who you alluded to earlier. Oh, Q Jeff. Which defensive lineman played the best? Or who's second? Uh, probably Clowney. Clowney? All right. Clowney, Clowney looked good. I mean, he's better than everyone. Like, eventually he's going to have days like Quentin Jefferson had, but it was good that Q had one of those from the jump. Like, hey, yo, look. I'm here. Yep. I think someone asked him after the game, like, did you want to remind people of anything? He's like, yo, I'm a player. Like, I'm, I'm in this league. Like, I can do this. And that's a big deal for a lot of these guys who just don't get talked about. You keep getting asked about your teammates and your teammates get all the headlines. It's like, bro, I've been on the team. I'm the only starter we have left from last year. So, I mean, yeah, definitely Clowney and then QJ. Well, shout out Ben Arthur. He is not backing down. He said, why is Ben Arthur a better basketball player than Mike Dugar? Uh, I think, yeah, tape don't lie, man. <laughs> Check my tape. Check my tape. Next question. All right, next up, we have Mr. Collins. How you doing, brother? Hey, guys, great to be playing real football again. We agree. His question is, who, Mike, who are your top three performers and bottom three performers from today's game? Oh, okay, the other rookie receiver is Terry McLaurin or whatever, the dude from oh, the Redskins. yes. Yes, he had 125 yards and a touch yes, today. he... He had a great day. Yeah. He might get picked up in fantasy by everybody. And the other dude is A.J. Brown. He had three catches for 100 yards. Like, rookie receivers are kind of, like, figuring it out. At least they did on Sunday. Uh, I'm sorry. You said top three performers? Yeah. And then bottom three? Mr. Collins wants to know about your top three performers. Bottom three, yep. Okay, my top three is pretty – we kind of talked about the top three. But I'll mention somebody we didn't discuss earlier. So, Q. Jeff's one. 
I don't know why I keep that Q Jeff's not. I'm gonna go with Q. Go with Q and then DK. Those two balled out. That's just plain and simple. When you're just beating the guy in front of you a lot, I'm gonna give you some love. Because that's ultimately what football is. Beat the guy in front of you. Number three, I'm gonna have to go with Shaq, man. I think I counted all the time. Shaq was uh, targeted too. I got like six targets. He gave up two catches, I think. One of them was in zone. Two for 24 yards, I think it was. And then he had two pass breakups. And I, th I think that's it. I mean, that's a pretty good day. And then he had the one that didn't count. Uh, that was like a 55-yard pass breakup against John Ross. I mean, for the most part, Shaq played as a number one corner as opposed to. Like, if you, if you have that type of game where... You only give up, you only targeted like a half a dozen times, and you only give up like 20-something yards. That's a win. And you have some pass breakups and no penalties. That's huge, too. No penalties. So I'll say the top three, Q, Jack, or, excuse me, Q, DK, Shaq. Bottom three? Ugh, okay. I'm going to have to do this. This is not going to sound great. Okay, so T2's up there. T2 got to be number one. Tedrick Thompson. Oh, yeah, Tedrick Thompson. That was, it's just not, not your job is to play center field. He gave up a home run. That could have cost him the game, man. Who's your next one? Trey. Oh, man. That was just... You know, it sucks being the mark or the target. I think some people like to call it the mark. I call it the target. When you're like... The the quarterback clearly thinks you're the weak link. Remember it was Shaq against the, against the Cowboys? Uh, Dak Prescott was like, I'm on you, boy. Here it go. And that was because he had Amari Cooper. Like, Trey was the target when the receivers were Tyler Boyd and John Ross. It wasn't even A.J. Green. That's bad. So I think, yeah, what, what a number I said earlier, 136 yards. Even if you adjust for, like, penalties or whatever, Trey at least gave up over 100 yards. Today. He gave and up a touchdown. football field and 30 more yards. And a That's touchdown. A lot. <laughs> That's a lot. And a touchdown. <laughs> and a touchdown. And one more. Uh, man. So Russ was sacked four times. We, me and Chris went back and looked. Three of those were probably on the, one of those from, from uh, Will Disley. We probably have to hear what the communication was. But for the most part, it looked like three of them was on the tight ends. Two on Will and one on Nick Vanette. Come on, bro. You got blocked. You got blocked. Like you said, either you communicate better or you beat the guy in front of you. It's pretty simple. Like you can't, the last thing you could have if you're a blocker is have Russ on his back. And Russ in that third quarter and I think in the second quarter was on his back. You just can't have that. So I can I put them together as the bottom three, the tight ends? There were only two tight ends on the field. I think that is completely fair. Yes. Again, I don't know if Will's hurt. Still, I think he banged knees with Justin Britt, but come on, man. Y'all supposed to block. Supposed to block. They're not Jimmy Graham, man. They can't make excuses. Next up, we got Brendan Eckrich. At Brendan Eckrich. That's perfect. Since we, <laughs> right? For real. Since we always, Since the Seahawks always start slow, when do you see them picking things up? Will it be next week? What you got, Mike? It depends on what you call picking things up. Like, you mean like blowing somebody out? How about this? The first half was not perfect. When do you see the Seahawks? Oh, does he mean starting the game slow or the yes. season slow? He, he meant, I'm 99% I'm sure he's talking about the offense and getting rolling and getting points on the board. When is that going to pick up or are they going to be just going to be something that is stagnant throughout the season? Offensively? Yes. Okay, because defensively, I thought they were fine. Like in terms yeah, of defensively, like, they looked good. Well, not not, look, of not looked good, but I think they were steady. I don't think the defense like came out hot and cooled down, or came out cool and got hot. Like they were pretty steady, you know, each quarter. Like either they were they were like hot and cold the whole time, if that makes sense. They were consistent. I don't know if I'm putting that the right way. 
but he wants to know about the offense because the slow start. This is, we, we have seen this before. We have definitely, you and I have definitely talked about this in previous years with the Seahawks offense. Um, I don't think. Th- well, here's the thing: they'll never really start fast because they want to start by establishing the run. So they're they're out here trying to get like four yard runs, five yard runs, six yard runs. Those are always gonna look slow. Right, I think until you play a team that just has like crappy run defense, maybe when they play the Rams, when is that week five? Like, I don't ever think they'll be just come out starting fast like that, just okay. because that's not who they are. They play not to lose; they play to establish the slow part of the game, which is running it. And they're not trying to hit like home runs on those runs. They're like, okay, cool, let's get five yards. All right, let's cool, let's get four. All right, let's get another three. Like that's how they get down. So I don't think you really ever see fast starts unless. Brian Schottenheimer morphs into Andy Reid, and that ain't happening. Brian Schottenheimer weighs a lot less than Andy Reid. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was just way too easy. No, you're I, good. I had to throw that out there. What is your – this is from Thomas Beeson at Lit Lil Taco 21. <laughs> <laughs> Lil Taco 21. Spiciest take you got after this game? Um, Let's see. That Shaq makes the Pro Bowl. Whew. Man, I'm telling you, man, Shaq is... That's a spicy taco. Shaq has the talent to be a Pro Bowl guy. He just wasn't mentally ready to try to take on that mantle yet. It's like, I'm going to be elite. Like, after the game today, he told me, he was like, yo, to how I play today is how I'm going to play. I'm going to try to be the best cornerback in the league. Okay. He has that mindset. So if you match that with the talent, it'll be there. And here's the thing. He'll have the chances to show it. Next week, he is Juju Smith. The week after that, Michael Thomas. Week after that, you're playing the air raid. The week after that, who's that? The Rams. Like, if he if he balls out, come on, man, it's there. It's easy. Not easy, but like it won't be hard to prove whether he's the best or not. That's true. All right. So what we're gonna do is for these next few questions, we're gonna lump them all up because for starters, Tedra Thompson has at least four questions yeah, from man. four different people. Y'all don't like Tedrick <laughs> at all. I'll give the names. And then I'll summarize the question for you, Mike, and I'll let you answer it. Okay. At King underscore Con 206, JSOR21, Gary Newton, Gary underscore Newton times five. They all are looking at Tedrick Thompson and wondering, is he going to get replaced? And if so, who would replace him? Would it be Delano? Or could you possibly see the rookie Marquise Blair in there? What you got, Mike? The JSOR 21. That's cold. Why he had to throw in there that they took Tedrick one spot before Eddie Jackson got picked you up? You see how I didn't even put that in there, man? I'm trying to be nice out here. That's, that's messed up, man. <laughs> ain't got nothing to do with nothing right now, man. That's messed up. But, uh, okay, so everyone hates Tedrick. I think he has jumped to number three on the list of people that the fans And also, don't like. my bad, Chris Calvert as well, at Chris underscore Calvert 3. He's also another one that I wanted to know about. Delano Hill for TT, but continue. Basically, everyone wants to know, is Tedrick is, is Tedrick going to get about the paint? That's basically what everyone wants to know, right? Do I have that right? Yep. Okay. feel bad for Tedrick, because right now the ranking is people hate Afedi, CJ Procise, and now Tedrick. Tedrick might be higher than Procise, because he's a starter. Whew. Okay, so here's a short version of this, because I could make a whole show about this, to be honest. The Seahawks don't think Tedrick sucks. You, fan, you think Tedrick sucks. I'm not even going to say that you're wrong. I think there's a middle there. The Seahawks think Tedrick's really good. One of his teammates told me on like Wednesday that he thinks Tedrick's going to be a household name. Like he thinks Tedrick's going to be a great player. The fans think that he already needs to get benched for a rookie. There's, I think it's somewhere in the middle. He's going to have good games, going to have bad games. Will he be Earl Thomas? No. Will he, will he be, who was that dude that started that game in 2015 for Cam? Alvin, Marvin Bailey. 
Alvin Bailey. He was a dude from USC. Once I look the thing up, you'll uh, you'll see. Anyway, the Seahawks aren't going to give up on Tedrick after one game. They're not going to give up on him after two games. They're not going to give up on him after three games. They think that Tedrick is their best option at free safety. They were going to have to lose some games. He's basically like a reliever in baseball. Or he's like a... Uh, almost like... I can't think of a basketball equivalent. Basically, it's going to need to hurt them on the on the scoreboard a lot more and on the stat sheet. Because like today, how many touchdowns did they give up? Two? Yeah, just two. And one was Tedrick's fault. And if they gave up like a 50-burger like the Dolphins gave up today, <laughs> then you're talking about Tedrick getting benched. Uh. But I don't think... And even like you said, Chris, it's not like Tedrick was just looking lost out there. He was just... He whiffed. People whiff. Sherm whiffed. Earl whiffed before. Can't whiff before. That does happen. However, they made up for it with like all-time great performances. But... The Seahawks don't think as like, they're not as down on Tedrick as everyone else, as you guys all are, I understand. They're not as high on Marquise Blair as you guys all are. Because Marquise Blair has never played a snap of defense in a regular season game. And maybe, maybe they throw him out there, but like, here's my most likely scenario, I think. The most likely scenario, if you guys really want Tedrick off the field, here's how it happens. Bradley moves to free safety, because he's the best coverage safety they have. And then, like, someone like Delano Hill, excuse me, Delano Hill moves in, and he's like, all right, cool, he's going to play strong safety. Or Marquise Blair plays some strong safety, one of the two. Probably Delano because he's got experience, unit experience in this league, uh, at least right now with this team, what they're trying to do in terms of stopping the run. So I don't think that would happen, though, Chris, and everyone, King Kong, Gary. I, I appreciate all the questions. I just want to make this real succinct as, as possible. It's going to take a lot more than games like this for Tedrick to get benched. I'm telling you, it's going to have to take, like, you know what it's really going to take, too? What'll really hurt? Oh, boy. Is if it happens in primetime. Well, primetime will be the bigger than, like, a Sunday afternoon game. I mean, every game matters, and Pete says they're all championship opportunities, blah, 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 whatever. He's old. Old people use cliches. If it happens in primetime, if they get, like, dusted against the Rams, give up, like, 30 points, and Tedrick just can't tackle, he can't cover then maybe, you know, then he gets benched. But I don't think it's going to take one game or two games. They would need to get shellacked in, like, the worst way for them to consider that. So I think it's going to be a while, guys. Buckle up. Strap in. This is uh, the Tedrick experience. And our last bunch, we have two questions about the same guy. We have Matt Premier at Air Force 12th Man. And we have Devon Spawn. Hopefully I'm saying your last name right, but please let me know. At DSpawn388. They want to know about a Fetty. Is it time to get rid of a Fetty? And why not maybe throw Fan in there as well if a Fetty is to be removed from that right tackle? Okay. One thing on a Fetty. I think I've mentioned this on the show before. There is no one better at right tackle on this team than Jermaine Fetty. This is very simple. There's just not. Does that mean I think Fetty's great? Uh, he's okay. Today, he gave up a sack. How many snaps did they play? They had How many pass snaps did they have? They had 24 dropbacks. Russ had 24 dropbacks. On one, Fetty gave up a sack. I don't think it's the end of the world. Should he give up sacks? No. No, he should not. Do the Bengals have a good D-line? Yeah. Yeah, they do. Are you going to give up sacks as a right tackle? Yes. Yes, you are. Now, do I think it was a complete liability today? No. Of the four sacks, only one of them was his fault. B. We have 
listen, this is very important. I like George. I do like George fan. This is strictly about George as a player. We have literally never seen George be good at pass blocking. We never have. Have you seen it, Chris? Do, I, I'm afraid to say I have not. Do you, do you remember his year playing left tackle as let, a rookie? Let, it, it, no, it didn't go well. <laughs> it did not go well. Last year. You know, they started him at right tackle before against the Cardinals. Last year, week 17. Russ was sacked like five times. Like, <laughs> like no lie. Like, it's I'm not making that up. I, mean, I don't remember if it was five. It was probably like four or whatever. Anyway, the Cardinals was all on Russ that day. There is no evidence. They've seen it. You think they just magically don't know if George can play right tackle? He He's the backup right tackle. They've seen it. He's the backup for a reason. They would have to. Like, I think uh, this is Devon or Devin mentions there has to be another answer. Sure, maybe there is. That answer ain't on the team. Like, that's just that's just how it's going to be. All right. And then as part two, because you, you just pretty much answered both of them, getting rid of Buffetti. Not they're not going to get rid of Buffetti. And they're not going to replace him with George. Devin wants to also know... Why do you think the offense becomes stagnant? Why doesn't why don't the Seahawks run more up tempo, quick pass plays to get things rolling like they do in two minute drills? Uh, that's just not sustainable. I mean, you're basically asking why don't they do what Chip Kelly did? It's like Chip Kelly got fired for <laughs> for doing what Chip Kelly did. He tried to run that hurry up offense like all the time in the league, and it's just like that doesn't work like that. Defenses are too good. Um, you stall off it. You stall too fast, right? And your defense is right back on the field, and your defenders are now complaining. It's like, coach, when I get no time to rest, what the hell y'all doing? So on and so forth. So that's why they don't do that. Like that's why no team will ever do that. Do teams run tempo? Yes, but it's almost like you want to hit something first, like a big play. You want to hit like a 17-yard pass, and then go into tempo. You know what I mean? Just like hurry it up. Okay, now we do it. But you can't just come out first and 10 from your 25 yard line on the first drive of the game running tempo you're gonna go three and out probably especially if you're trying to pass it a bunch too so i think that's why they don't do that i think who was the coordinator before shoddy daryl bevel our guy bro i can't remember nothing today uh if Daryl Bevel has talked about this too, you can't just run tempo all the damn time. Your team's gonna tire out. The defense is gonna catch up. You're probably gonna lose. Chip Kelly got fired real fast, bro. Like real fast. The Patriots do employ some of this. I think the Chiefs do as the well. The Rams. Yes, the Rams do too. But you just can't do that all the time. You have to pick your spots, and some of that is getting ahead of the chains, and some of that is like hitting on a big play first that kind of kicks it off. But you can't just come out here talking about we're gonna be the. 2010 Oregon Ducks. No. One, your uniforms aren't as cool. B, <laughs> I'm serious, for real, they had some fire uniforms. And B, defenses in this league are just way too good. You just can't do that type of stuff. Pass blocking is too hard in the NFL to just do that up-tempo all the time. You just can't. There you have it. We want to thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Seahawks Man to Man. Also, keep leaving the ratings and the reviews on iTunes. I just checked. We hit 50, Mike. Congratulations to us. What? 50 reviews. Oh, yeah? That's pretty cool. Not bad. Yo, we got a lot of questions today. My goodness. And thank you guys for all the questions. Keep it up. Yeah, that was a lot, man. We appreciate we appreciate the love. We're going to do we're gonna do this after every game, you know, even when I'm on the road. So keep it keep it coming. Chris always reminds me to ask for questions. We appreciate all of them. Ooh, y'all hate Tedrick. I ain't never seen nobody get hated on after a win like Tedrick today, boy. Ooh, that was bad. I, I bet like you get a, too. I, I bet he gets that pick next week. Man, he he stepped up and faced the music with reporters and stuff too, man. I was I said uh, before we sign off real quick, I said Tedrick, that's my first question. I said, yo, 
what are your thoughts on today? He said, we won. <laughs> Yo, for real. I like that answer, though. That's because that is all that matters at the end of the day. I think Shaq even alluded to that, too. He was like, Yo, you know, mistakes happen. It's football. We're gonna, players are going to get away from us. That's what happens. But the goal is to win. So, I mean, hey, that could happen next week. We can give up that many yards, but we could also win. You if we win, to win the game. That's it. That's it. That's all you got to do is win. Just win, baby, win. All we do is win, 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 no matter what. That's all you got to do. I mean, it could, you want it to look pretty, but it don't. It don't always look pretty. Sometimes you got to win ugly.